the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. The following program is sponsored by the Allworth Law Firm. Lamentations 521 tells us, Turn us back to you, O Lord, and we will be restored. Almost everyone is dealing with recovery of some sort. It could be from addiction, pain, divorce, sin, separation, depression, job loss, or being stuck in the cycle of shame, guilt, and destructive behavior. Recovery through a relationship with Jesus Christ is the foundation of healing and growing anew. Listen as Pastor Allworth shares how the healing power of a personal relationship with Christ has turned his life around, will help you and your loved ones recover and be restored in his name. God wants you to walk out of the darkness and into his marvelous light. Keep listening. Recovery Through Christ with Pastor John Allworth starts now. Good afternoon, Southeast Texas. Let's pray for some rain out there. Uh, maybe after you get home, if you're on the streets right now, be be careful and uh just uh, use some judgment. Let the Holy Spirit guide you and forgive one another and and uh, don't get too angry if, if somebody cuts you off. Just just uh, let them go and pray for them. How, how's that? Let's pray. Father God, we come to you right now with such gratitude. Um, you are such a wonderful God. You want to call all of us out of the darkness and into your marvelous light. And uh, thank you so much for caring for us, for your forgiveness, for your grace, and for loving us. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. All right, so we're going to talk today about the book of James, the epistle of James. Some believe that it is the earliest writing that we see in the, in the New Testament, which is pretty extraordinary. Uh, some believe it's Galatians, but some believe it's it's the epistle of James. James, of course, was the brother of Jesus Christ, the oldest brother, and uh, was was central to the development of the Christian church with Jewish people uh, really across the world, but certainly in the city of Jerusalem. He was the leader there in Jerusalem. Peter ended up going over to Rome, and Paul ended up, of course, uh, traveling throughout Southeast Asia and establishing churches, uh, not Southeast Asia, across the Middle East and Asia, uh, establishing churches uh, that we see his epistles, his writings to these various churches that he established, and really a worldwide uh a ministry Paul was called upon to bring the word of God to the Gentiles to graft us in had a very important assignment obviously but James is a powerful book you know this book this show is recovery through Christ and of course many of us are focused on recovery from addiction but it has to do with recovery the Bible is a book about recovery in my opinion and we're all recovering from something Jesus said we would always have trials and tribulations on this earth and you know we look around and we see the book of revelation being lived out in front of our eyes there's turmoil across the world there's turmoil and division in our nation and it's uh you know it, it would be a wonderful thing if if the church could come together and uh act in unity we could really reach so many more people uh and i think that that's what god's going to call upon us to do in in these final days so um the epistle of james is a has a lot to do with recovery 
You know, and I believe in, uh, just to be clear, I believe in all kinds of recovery. I believe in cognitive treatment. I believe in therapy. I believe in the 28-day secular programs. I certainly believe in the 12 steps because I believe they're of biblical origin and their power comes from, from the fact that they use biblical principles. And in fact, I think if one truly follows the 12 steps, I think everyone ought to do it, whether or not you've ever had an addictive problem or not, because I think it mirrors our walk with Jesus Christ. We're called upon to accept Jesus, to surrender to him, uh, to turn our lives and our will over to him, to to ask the Holy Spirit to, and God to, to cure us of any of our imperfections, to make amends with our brothers, uh, to continue to self-reflect and to try to improve what we can and take the message, the gospel of peace and hope and love of Jesus Christ to, across the, to preach the gospel to all nations, to make disciples of all nations, to be witnesses to the end of the earth. And I think that's the core principles of, of the 12 Steps. But many people think that part of the 12 Steps is some say that it comes from from Jesus' Beatitudes that he begins the Sermon on the Mount with. Others believe that many of the principles are out of the book of James. I believe that the principles are out of many parts of the Bible. I believe many uh, Romans, for example, I think has has many of the principles behind the the 12 steps. And in fact, I think the Old Testament uh, has many uh, Lamentations, 340, um, examine your ways and let them return to the Lord. And that's what we do through the 12 steps and steps 10, 11, and 12, even after we've gone through the original time. So, uh, you know, I know that not every uh, 12-step group believes that those are Christian principles, but I certainly do. In the 12-step group that I go to, we talk about Jesus all the time, and uh, and nobody complains about it. So, and God is certainly throughout the 12 steps. But let's focus back on the book of James. The book of James is powerful. James, a bondservant of God and of the Lord Jesus Christ to the 12 tribes which are scattered abroad. So we know right away that James is writing, as opposed to Paul, who's, who's focusing on Gentiles, James is writing to, to Jews who have, have accepted Jesus Christ as their Messiah and their Lord and Savior. And right off the bat, James starts with something very strong. My brethren, count it all joy when you fall into various trials, knowing that the testing of your faith produces patience, but lest patience have its perfect work that you may be perfect and complete, lacking nothing. If any of you lacks wisdom, let him ask of God, who gives to all liberally and without reproach, and it will be given to him. But let him ask in faith, with no doubting. For he who doubts is like the wave of the sea, driven and tossed by the wind. For let not that man suppose that he will receive anything from the Lord. He is a double-minded man, unstable in all his ways. All right, <laughs> there's some powerful statements in, in that opening where I just read from chapter 1, verses 2 through 8. And so, first of all, count it all joy when you fall into various trials. You know, that seems contradictory to our, certainly to our flesh. Why should we be happy when we go through trials, when we go through difficulties? Well, I think there's many reasons. For one, as James says, the testing of your faith produces patience. You know, when we pray, sometimes we ask God to deliver us, to to give us a good result uh, right away, and we're impatient about it. You know, but God's timing is always better than our timing. God's answers are always better than our answers. God's plans are always better than our plans. God can think of ways to for us to extricate ourselves from a situation that are different than what we would. We want to we want right away to be taken out of it. No more pain, no more no more sorrow, no more difficulty, no more challenge, no more trial. But that's not always what's good for us. You know, this perseverance in going through trials is what strengthens our faith when we truly have faith. 
And and not only that, it enables us to be the light of the world like Jesus asked us to be in the Sermon on the Mount. Because when someone can see us going through a difficult time, when come, someone can see us being an overcomer by the blood of the Lamb and the word of our testimony, when we can lead by example in that way, then that's inspiring. And God uses that. When you truly have faith that God's going to have you walk through whatever difficulty it is, and you never waver in your faith like Job, that shows the glory of God. You know, my wife said something to me, and please excuse my personal reference here. But one day she said to me, I'm grateful for your addictions. And I said, what? (laughs) That didn't make any sense to me at all at first. And she said, well, that's what God needed to put you through, walk you through in order to turn you into the person that you are today. And and it's true. And, and when we go through things, let's say we have a serious illness that God heals us from and that we recover and we keep our faith the whole time. Well, then we're able to talk to people who are going through the same illness and encourage them. Or let's say that God uh, liberates you, frees you, delivers you from an addiction. I'm going to go to the Open Door Mission after this, and I tell the men all the time there, if you'll go through this program, if you'll truly surrender your life to Jesus Christ and you walk out of, past this, you're an overcomer and you overcome this, then you can go talk to people that other people can't. If you've been putting a needle in your arm um, and, and, and have overcome that and are free now, like the guest I had a, 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 a month ago or so on here, and you can go talk to people and say, you don't have to live like this. God can can deliver you from this. You can turn your life over to him, and everything can be different. Now, now that's powerful. I can't – I never put a needle in my arm. I can't, I can't talk to – I mean, I mean, I can. I overcame addiction. But, but that person that's walked through that fire and kept their faith in God and, and truly had a, a spiritual awakening and got freed, whom the sun sets free is free indeed, that person's got a powerful testimony and an ability to be a powerful warrior in the kingdom. So this first count it all joy. Can you imagine if we did that instead of sitting around moping and all, you know, being mad at God and being mad at our circumstances and, and everything else, but if, if we used it as an opportunity? You know, I know that things don't always, we're not always healed. You know, I think of a woman named Christine Kane who's, has a, I don't know if you've seen The Sound of Freedom, but it's powerful. You know, this the, uh, one of the th- statements it makes, and I assume this is true, is that there's more slaves today in the world than there were even when slavery was legal. I think that's a pretty profound statement because of, because of the human trafficking that's going on. Um, but anyway, she's got a ministry that's devoted to helping women get free from, from human trafficking. Sorry about that. I'll turn my ringer off. Um, but she's, uh, she had a battle with cancer and she said, you know, that first she prayed for God to supernaturally heal her because God can do that. And I've seen it happen. That's one of the benefits of working in the recovery ministry. I see miracles all the time. And then she prayed that if that God chose not to heal her that way, that, that God would heal her, um, that God would give wisdom to the doctors and the medical team that was treating her and she'd be healed that way and then third she said i know god if you choose not to heal me either one of those ways that you will heal me eternally when i go home because our true home is with him this is this this life is just a whisper now when you've got that kind of faith then you can face any challenge you can count it all joy when you go through any trip trial or tribulation on this earth when you've got that kind of faith so then you know he follows it up with 
but let him ask in faith with no doubting. Now, I know that doubt is, is a natural part of our human experience, but I tell you what I've walked through, what I've overcome, the way God has transformed my life. I give all glory to him because I couldn't do it on my own. Without God, we can't. Without me, God won't. I, I could not do it on my own, and I give all glory to him. I'm raising my hand in the air right now, shouting hallelujah. I can't help but have faith, and I can't help but shout from the mountaintops. It's why I'm on this radio that people don't have to live the way. It may not be you. It may be your son. It may be your daughter. It may be your father. It may be your cousin, your coworker. That person that is under the bondage of addiction does not have to live the way they are. I've walked through that. So even though I believe in all these secular forms of recovery and think that they're, they can be in a useful part of the toolbox, I believe that true freedom, true deliverance comes from a personal relationship with Jesus Christ. I just think that that Jesus wants to restore us fully. He wants us to be restored. He wants to have us to have the abundant life, and he wants us to do what he did, and that is to serve other people. And we can do that when we count it all joy, when we go through trials and tribulations. All right, I spent more time on that than I intended to because this this book of James. Maybe we'll have a part two. Blessed, I'm reading now from chapter 1, verse 12, blessed is the man who endures temptation. For when he has been approved, he will receive the crown of life, which the Lord has promised to those who love him. No one can say who is tempted, I am tempted by God, for God cannot be tempted by evil, nor does he himself tempt anyone. But each one is tempted when he is drawn away by his own desires and enticed. Then when desire is conceived, it gives birth to sin, and sin, when it is full grown, brings forth death. Paul writes, the wages of sin are death. And they truly are, you know. My mama died at 62 of liver failure. Her father died at 62 of liver failure. My dad's dad died at 61 of alcohol-related complications. Um, I'm not saying you can't ever have a drink. You're going to die if you have a glass of wine occasionally at dinner. But if people that are under the bondage that are alcoholics, it leads to death. And not only, it leads to separation from God. And so how can you, you know, this world has temptation everywhere. It glorifies it. It glorifies sins of the flesh. It glorifies the party lifestyle, the, you know, the cocaine, the whatever it may be. It glorifies that. You know, the Bible tells us the angel masquerades, the devil masquerades as an angel of death. And, and it's true. Uh, we're, everything that, that is sinful and that leads to death is glorified in our society. There's temptation everywhere. You know, I mean, you can't drive down the street without seeing a sign, wine and spirits. <laughs> you just can't. And uh, unfortunately, the drugs are just about as prevalent in our society and and with alcohol, whatever it is, pornography, um, there are so many people, you know, uh, there's a group that's called um, Every Man's Battle. Uh, I'm not saying it's just to men, but men seem particularly susceptible to it. Uh, pornography on cell phones for children. Children can, can access it if, we're, if parents aren't paying attention. Um, it's The temptation is everywhere. I don't know how people can, can resist that without the help of the Holy Spirit without true deliverance from Jesus Christ, because it is everywhere. But he who has been approved will receive the crown of life, which the Lord has promised to those who love him. Well, let's go back to Jesus' word. Jesus said, first of all, that we're to make disciples of all nations, teaching them to obey the commandments that I have given you. And Jesus says, if you love me, you will obey my commands. You know why he says that? Because he loves us. Because when we obey his commands, our lives are better. When we stray from those commands, when we, when we give in to temptation, our lives deteriorate. The wages of sin are death. 
such a powerful see see how the the not only to the relationship to our walk this is this book is not given enough t- attention sometimes by us it is it is so powerful Ver, down to verse one nineteen. so then my beloved brethren let every man be swift to hear slow to speak slow to wrath for the wrath of man does not produce the righteousness of god i heard a brother giving a message the other day and he said men struggle with two things lust and anger Many men struggle with more than that, but certainly I think all men or, or most men struggle with those things. That's why, I, you know, earlier when I said, if somebody cuts you off, pray for them instead of raising a fist at them. Well, we do. I mean, you re- turn on the news. Somebody succumbed to anger and did something stupid. Um, the devil got to him. The enemy uh, got him to do something. So, so that is that is my wife. You know, I got I to gotta admit, I'm, I'm far from perfect. My wife... Uh, sometimes late at night, I, I get a little cranky. She calls me her toddler, and that—that's my, you know, time when I might get a little cranky or anger. You know, let's call it what it is. <laughs> so I have to be careful. I have to know. You know I, I'm called to love my wife as Christ loved the church. <laughs> now that's a high calling. I'm not supposed to get angry at her. I don't care if I'm cranky or not. <laughs> so I don't care if I need sleep or not. You know. So the wrath of man does not produce the righteousness of God. How much better off would we be? politically just individually just societally just taking care of each other if we put aside anger verse 21 therefore lay aside all filthiness and overflow of wickedness and receive with meekness the implanted word which is able to save your souls all right with meekness with humility that's something i struggled with that's certain something that my pride certainly had a i thought i could do anything i wanted at one point in my life you know, I thought I was a rock star and I wasn't <laughs> and not that a rock star makes you immune from, from problems. That's for sure. But you get my point. I hope, I mean, Christ humbled himself, came down here. The, the, he said, the son of man came not to be served, but to serve many, even to the point of death on, on the cross. He exercised humility everywhere he went. If, if the creator of the universe who spun the stars into the heavens can be humble, why can't we be? And again, how much better would the world be if we could set aside our pride? It's our pride that makes us angry half the time. It's our pride that makes us bow up our back and do dumb things. Verse 22, but be doers of the word, not hearers only, deceiving yourselves. Uh, you know, we're human beings, but, you know, we all have to be careful that we don't just go into church and, and hear the word and say, hallelujah, yay, I agree. Praise God, but then we're not doing what the Word said. And the Word says to go out and serve one another, to help each other. The Word says to be humble. The Word says to forgive one another. The Word says to put aside anger. Okay, there's so much more in this book. Skipping down to verse 2. Verse 14, this sometimes confuses people. What does it profit, my brethren, if someone says he has faith but does not have works? Can faith save him? If a brother or sister is naked and destitute of daily food, and one of you says to them, Depart in peace, be warmed and be filled, but do not give them the things that are needed for the body, what does it profit? Thus also faith by itself, if it does not have works, is dead. What does that mean? We're told over and over again that we are not good enough, and we aren't. We all fall short of the glory of God. There's nothing we can do to earn our salvation. Um, That is a freely given gift. So what does this mean? Faith without works. I thought we didn't, works weren't important. Well, I think they are in a couple of different respects. 
certainly in your heavenly rewards, but more importantly, I think true faith is demonstrated by works. If you truly have faith that Jesus Christ is the Son of God, that he came down to die on the cross to forgive us of our sins, to be resurrected on the third day, to give us the promise of eternal life, and to show us how to live, to give us a guidance for how to navigate this life. The Sermon on the Mount, for example, which sets out our ethical and moral challenges and how, how we should live up to them, and all the things that are recorded in the Gospels, and all the things that he taught Paul that were inspired by the Holy Spirit throughout the Bible, New Testament and Old, if we truly have faith, if we truly believe, then we're going to demonstrate some works. I mean, I'm going to go to the Open Door Mission, as I said earlier after this, and the people who run that, who started it back before I was even born, and certainly the ones that are running it now, they're not just talking about it, they're doing it. You know, 61% of the people over there, we're having our gala, by the way, on September 21st, I think, yeah. Um, you can call me, by the way, 832-475-8642, best to text, 832-475-8642, 832-475-8642. I'll give you three reasons you might want to text me. One, if you have somebody that needs to go into rehab and you think they're ready, I can help get you into a faith-based place that's free, man or woman. That's number one. Number two, if you want to help to contribute to the Open Door Mission, 110-bed facility, where people are transformed. 61% of the guys that, that work there uh, uh, graduated from the program, God's Transforming Lives. It's taking in homeless and addicted men and uh, getting them jobs and places to live. I mean, it's a wonderful program. If you want to be part of that and help us with our gala, uh, we, by the way, we don't take any money from, from the governments because it's a faith-based organization. So if you want to donate you know, $10 to whatever or be part of this gala, 832-475-8642, or, by the way, you know, I resisted this for three years, but you'll see the program is sponsored by the Allworth Law Firm. Um, somebody told me the other day, now, wait a minute, you're, an, you're an, an attorney and a pastor. Isn't that a conflict of interest? I said, well, I can see why some people might think that, but no, it's not. I practice under Christian principles. I'm actually a personal injury lawyer. And um, I, so I sponsoring the show one time because i have to pay by the way to be on the radio i'm not howard stern they don't pay me i have to pay to be on the radio and so maybe i'll get a case out of this someday and it'll help me pay for this but if you've been injured i will take care of you and you can call me at 832-475-8642 or text me any of those three reasons okay i'm going to skip now and we're going to do a second part but i got to conclude with James 5.16, because it is so powerful. Confess your trespasses to one another or your sins to one another and pray for one another that you may be healed. The effective, fervent prayer of a righteous man avails much or is powerful indeed, depending on the translation. You gotta, you, you've got to be honest. That's a hallmark of recovery. If you can't be honest with other people and with yourself, you have to confess your sins, getting them out, keeping taking the devil. The enemy loves it when it's in secret. You got to get it out there and you got to tell people and you got to talk to brothers and and we lift each other up. That's what's so wonderful about the 60, 70 men that are over at the Open Door Mission right now. They're lifting one another up. They've all walked through a common thing. It's like the book of Acts, chapter 2, verse 42 and on, where everyone had everything in common. They're, they're helping one another. Confess your sins to one another and pray for one another that you may be healed. Jesus asked the paralyzed man in John 5, 6, do you want to be healed? I ask you that. If you're under the bondage of addiction, do you want to be healed? And the effective, fervent prayer of a righteous man is powerful indeed. Yes, God is good. And when we get together as, as 
we're called to do and help one another and serve one another and demonstrate our faith through our works. And we can change the world one person at a time because Jesus said, I came to seek and save the lost. God is so good. Such a wonderful God. I, I just, uh, it's such an honor to be able to speak with you every Wednesday. We love you here at Recovery Through Christ, but more importantly, God loves you more than you can possibly imagine. Good night and amen. You've been listening to Recovery Through Christ. Listen again next Wednesday at 530. If you missed any of this show, you can catch the podcast at kkht.com. Three-star general Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal records of the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.